Okay, lesson seven, symptoms of financial bondage. The introduction little phrase here in the notes on this, on, on this subject is, millions of Americans and many Christians by their own choice have allowed credit card companies, mortgage lenders, and every known form of debt or monthly obligation to carry on the work of enslavement. And then they just had a little quip here. Say, it's hard to give your heart to Jesus Christ when you belong to MasterCard. We laugh at that, but wow, it is it is very true, isn't it? It's it's very true. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about these kind of things uh, today, and and discuss and share with one another. I, I like that aspect of this of this study uh, opportunity to, to teach this material here and to discuss and reason together, and. Uh, I used to have a, a note written in the back of my Bible that I carried for 25 years, and it literally just kind of just gave up the ghost and fell apart. But in the back of that, I had a little note written there that I would often read in the back pages, and it said, the, the richest man in the world is the one who is content with the least. Just think about that. The richest man or the richest person in the world is the one who is content with the least. See, it just makes me think about the Apostle Paul. Uh, makes me think about Jesus and others in God's Word and others I know in my life that I've met that carry in their hearts the joy of God in great abundance while externally to look at them they have very little but they're richest people in the world what a way to live our lives is in that circumstance um, I want to I want to uh, we'll do an exercise here on the board so let's think about principles to avoid financial uh, financial bondage uh, I don't know how much time you put this and and I don't know how Question one said, list three biblical principles that will help you from uh, falling into financial bondage. That's, that's, that's a good question. There's more than three. We can come up with several. And I would ask you to just share. This, what'd, you, what'd you put down? And let's see what we come up with here in our class this morning on this idea of avoiding bondage. What principle would you, would you put up here on the, on the board? Azolda. I think the first one would be contentment. Okay, very good. Contentment. I try not to write so big. Okay, what else? Can I can I ask a question before we sure. go farther? Can, can you help me understand what you mean by financial bondage? Like, can we define <coughs> that? Um, I mean, I get the sense of it's it's being enslaved to debt. Yes, to overextended um, to where um, you know Paul said, I can't can't quote the verse, but he made made an allegation that he tried the best in his life to not let anything take control of him. Sure. Okay. Well, you say Can you money know, take like control of you? The rich young ruler would be bondage to so. But he doesn't have to, a lot of to his, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of the other side of it that's the covetous side of it. Here, it's that he's covetous, yet I'm covetous, so I don't have the resources the rich bring new around, so I go and indenture myself just to uh, someone, a credit card company or a bank or whoever it may be, to get and purchase what I want to make myself content. So... <clears throat> There, there's other things that work into that too. So, did you want to add something, Craig, before we move um, on? Yeah, I, you know, I just I, I think about some of our own experiences. There have been times where necessity, you know, uh, <coughs> I don't mind sharing the first three, four years of, of our marriage, I was working two jobs, Karen was working a third job. The car breaks down, suddenly you've got a $900 bill that you don't, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you need to go into debt, put that on a credit card, because you need the card, you know, you need the car. Is that financial bondage? It's not that I have misspent the money, but I don't have the excess money. It was, um, I, I would call that a, a circumstance out of your control that you had to respond to in a godly way, and as long as you do that. I, what I caught was what you said when you were first married. You you worked hard. She worked hard uh, to sustain yourselves. I think we're all familiar with that with that concept, right? Now let me ask you: Would this that answer be a biblical principle that will keep you from falling into financial uh, hardship? Because there's so many people that don't work hard. So a biblical principle would be industry, you know, willingness to get up in the morning and go go put in your time and make a, a good a good wage. Mm-hmm. I've seen several hands popping up. So, Karen, I guess and Tony, w- one thing we were talking about is being in a financial bondage does not necessarily mean that you have done something sinful. Um, now it very well could be depending on how long you stay in it and what your work. You know what you're doing. Um, I think the the part that makes finances so difficult is we're trying to be honest with ourselves about okay, am I am I perpetuating this or am I I can only do what with what God has given me and I'm going to do everything I can. So um, that I think that's why it's helpful to kind of define our terms because being in financial bondage, I don't believe is inherently sinful right yeah right well Obviously, anybody in here got a mortgage right. anybody in here got a mortgage mm, yeah there's just all kinds of head shaking yeah me too uh, very very good and I that is true well, this is this is kind of a split discussion because we can be doing it terribly long wrong and be in financial bondage and we can be doing the very best we can and, and praying and, and doing everything that, that we know to do to please God and still be there. What we're talking about tonight is the things we have control over and, and the things that we can avoid. Think, you know, when the tranny goes out on the car, uh, that's, that's just the time and chance. And, and we are, then we respond to that in a godly way. And you put your hand up too, and I did not call on you. Um, well, I was just... Um, also, wanting to clarify a little bit, he's like um, Craig was about the meaning that we're specifically focusing on the, the kind of we're talking about the, 
being in bondage to debt, not necessarily just the sin of the love of money, which can manifest itself in a lot of ways. Like Tony pointed out, the rich young ruler wasn't in debt, but he was enslaved to the idolatry of worshiping money. Absolutely. We're talking about today a subcategory of that, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, the things that we can avoid, the things that we can... uh, that we have influence over and control over as individuals, um, there will always be time and chance, and that's when we all r- rally around one another and, and hold each other up, isn't it? Jesse, I, I good think, points. Um, being in debt is not the same thing. I think what you're pointing out, I like the way that you actually contrasted the return. Being in debt is not the same thing as being in bondage. Right? Like, I don't look at those two things as synonymous. <coughs> as much as a very strong degree of debt might be a bondage. We all have mortgages because we have planned that we have enough budget in our income to pay that off and plan to pay that off just like we need a car to survive and that for the most part <coughs> to survive. Mm-hmm. You had made Absolutely. the point that I go into excessive debt because I may want to live beyond my means. Yeah. you get yourself yeah. into what feels like financial slavery. And, and I, I feel like I have felt both of those in my life. So I, 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 think, I think it's good to think that debt, just being in debt is not financial bondage, but you can get yourself into a degree of debt where it feels like you cannot escape. Well, let me ask you this question. I know how I can answer it. We understand the aspect of uh, mortgages and car payments, but because maybe we just don't have money in the bank to do it. Perhaps maybe we didn't wait long enough to buy that car, you know, uh, and now it's a little hard to make the payment. Uh, that is a soft degree of when the Dodge Vipers came out, they were $78,000, and I just got to have one, you know, right? I can look at it and say, oh, that's cool, and that's, then, then turn my head back to my clunker that I drive, you know, or at the time, you know, <laughs> both sides of it. We've all been, we've all, we've all struggled with it, haven't we? At some time or another, with want and desire. And these are the things that we're going to talk about. And I think we're looking mostly at at the sinful side, the 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 uh, the path that God would not have us choose, to where we're trying to embellish our lives and, and make ourselves happy with things. Uh, whatever it is, whether it's a house or some frivolous thing that Lord knows we don't need. I've lived through both parts of those in my life. I've experienced them firsthand. <clears throat> and when you're, when it's, I think as we work through this, it'll become obvious to us. Uh, one of the principles that we can do is we can work hard. Um, John? First things first. First things first. So uh, Proverbs twenty four twenty seven says, "Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house." So there was a, a there was a, an order of things there. Yeah. Which which you know says do the essentials first. Let the other things. Somebody said that uh, uh, you can you can live in a lean to, but you have to have food to eat. Very good, very good. That is great. Love that. How true. That's the idea is there's, there's, first things first means think about it before you do it. 
prepare yourself, count the cost, and wait, be patient, things like that. Um, I'm going to have, because of work hard, I, I, we, we had, I handed out some uh, Proverbs 24, 30, 34. Do you have that, Sarah? I do. Okay. I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber, and your want like an armed man. Very good. Okay. Before I got too far away from that, I want to go ahead and read that about the print. We're, we're trying to build the and see and lay our eyes on the attributes that God wants us to have in our lives. So we're going to look at the opposite of that some today, too, as we have this discussion, constantly looking towards, uh, as this has taught, this very story has taught that person that's been neglect and irresponsibility in the lives, uh, life of that person there. Um, the, the, this, the second... Or the second one, I'm sorry, that was the second one. We had contentment first. And first things first that John just read to us about the the idea of being uh, ment- mentally engaged in, in those things. Jesse, you've got your hand up, I'm sorry. You kind of mentioned it, count the cost, but I, I like when Jesus says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost and he has enough to finish it. Great. So plant this essence of planning, which I am not great at. I, I am a pretty adaptable person, but that also comes with the disadvantage of I don't tend to look that far out. And Jesus is saying, you know, if you don't do that, people are going to mock you because you, you can't finish the tower, you know. Um, so some sort of planning from a financial perspective, I would assume that corresponds with budgeting or having some sort of plan to kind of avoid that. Model. Absolutely. Uh, we, we sit down and, and use use the, the the minds that God has given us to do these things. Uh, Anne had mentioned about uh, contentment, and uh, I had I'd passed out Hebrews thirteen five. Somebody read that. I think, yeah, okay. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For He Himself has said, "I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you." Very good. Very good. Everybody got checking account? Everybody got savings account? Maybe, maybe not. Why would you open a savings account? Who needs it? I mean, we make money. We got to spend it, right? Should we save money? Should we put some back? Why? When the transmission goes out. When the transmission goes out. (laughs) When my neighbor's transmission goes out. When it's time to buy the bigger house. Yeah, or the, the, the rain is dripping on your nose while you're laying in bed in the morning, you know, things like that. A- absolutely. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the attributes of avoidance is to save. Let's see. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one. Who's got that? Okay. Um, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. Okay. What's that Psalm telling us? 
the wicked borrows and does what? Does not repay. Does not repay. So the instruction there would be, the implication would be what? If you borrow, repay. If, if you borrow, repay. Absolutely. <coughs> and, well, yes. To, to an extent, we are borrowing from God. And this class on stewardship, none of this is ours. So uh, recognizing that we are seeking to please the master, please the owner, and do things according to his will will help us on either side of the road. There's a ditch uh, that, that we are Amen. seeking to please him, whether in poverty or in our wealth. So good. Romans 13.8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. That's part of our... There's, there's a couple things of stewardship right there. If we, if we are indebted to someone, we should the, the primary concern in our life should be to be to settle that and, and reinstate our relationship and pay our debt to that person. And then there's an ongoing debt with that person that you can never can pay off completely. And that's God says love. Love that person. Those are two things. We are always in debt to love one another in, in, in Romans. Matter of fact, the, the weightier teaching there is about the love than it is about some other physical thing. It could almost, yes, John? Well, I was just going to say, to me there's, a, there's another side to saving that can be problematic, and that is I say now I have money, but now I don't want to give it up because I've saved it up, and well, well what if I don't have? Well, this, is, this is for my rainy day. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I think about I think about that with whether it's four hundred one k's or or whatever. Oh boy! Wow. I, I yeah. I tell you what. I don't know if you all have. If you have four hundred one k's and you look at them, you see them. Well, you see them go up and down, and and uh, we say, well, just put them in there and forget about it. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, so we need to be aware of the fact that we are ma- amassing. Uh, things and do we look at that and say how do, what what does God want me to do with this you know do I want to I want to make sure I got uh, X number of dollars in there so when I die I can I can give some to some grandkids or or someone else or maybe to the church or something sure sir and and related to that when your savings account balance is really high you can look at it like I don't need anyone else. I don't need God. I have this. Or even, you know, look how much I am worth. I mean, at the bank, you see numbers that vary from a penny in the savings account to, you know, six, seven figures. And it's like, how does this work again? And, you know, it's it's just... You bet. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, very good. Katrina. Um, it's better to give than receive. Okay, excellent. And we all know that. Why do we know that? Because probably everybody in here at one time or another has been on both sides of that equation. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather give to you than take something from you. That's my pride and my lack of humility on point two. Because I should be thankful that you love me and would help me and at 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 the same time uh, to to be able to not rob you of your opportunity to give and be blessed and we 
struggle with that, don't we? We do. We do. That's pride. That's humility. And we're supposed to be <coughs> whipping that in our lives. Uh, we see it probably more, I see it more during my time of serving as an elder because there's just more opportunities to see that and talk about it. Uh, but it goes on all the time and it does that amongst everybody, among the whole flock. Uh, and we just need to humble ourselves and, 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 and be willing to lean on one another. When times, when one prospers, perhaps another does not. And what a blessing it is to be able to run under a brother or sister's shoulder and lift them up. And then to be lifted up when you need it. Katrina. One of the things I think that's paired with that is that God's taking care of all of us. And yeah. it's not always coming from my paycheck, but it may be coming from your paycheck. Amen. Exactly. And as soon as we recognize that, none that we have is our own, but the Lord has, has furnished all of it. So, freely receive or freely give. Excellent, Don. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says that we're to give as we've been prospered. Maybe we could apply that we should spend as we've been prospered. And if we do that, it will help us avoid financial bondage. Very good. Excellent. That's, 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 a, nice, that's a good take. I like that. Okay, let's move on to another section. We can just keep talking about this because there's, there's a lot of depth to it and a lot of application, and it, it challenges our thinking. Reasons for excessive spend, uh, spending. Reasons for excessive spending. What can we put up here? Jesse. Like, like why I might spend excessively? Yeah. One of those things would just be having or being very materialistic. Just okay. wanting a lot of material things. <coughs> very good. Absolutely. I wish you would come up with shorter words, but <laughs> <laughs> Karen. And covetousness would go Covetousness? Yeah, there we go. The opposite of and it's probably contained in the same word, but you you want what others have because you want to seem like them. You want to be part of that crowd that has that thing. So pride. Yeah. Yeah. Pride, yeah. It's appearances. I wrote down here. Keep up with the Joneses. That's along that thought. Covetousness. Impress others. Those are all kind of shadows of each other. Here's one that we haven't got up there right now. Um, I work hard. I deserve it. It's my money. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. What else we have here? I've babbled. And what do we want to end up here? That's a good one. Pride. Is that that's a nice summary there, summary word? Okay. I'm, I'm reminded of the people to that point uh, in the temple who are gi- uh, giving loads and loads of money uh, to to show off how how much they were giving. But then the the widow with the two mites that uh, she gave of herself. Now was she being was she being excessive? No. But the other people they were doing uh, to impress. Yeah. Yeah, New Testament example of of that thinking. 
uh, Ananias and Sapphira. They, they kind of cloaked their gift to the Lord, didn't they? Uh, they wanted to make it look like, oh, I sold the house and farm and this is how much I got, you know. And they had some money buried in the ground someplace. So, Hannah. Oh yeah. For worship than it did. Um, okay. Yeah. But then, am I willing to adjust in other categories in my budget to make up for that gas category? Yeah. Well, I take away from me for to give to be, you know, Lord. You know, yeah. Make those adjustments. That's sacrifice, isn't it? When we see a need to make an adjustment <laughs> so we can continue to do good, very, very good, very good. Um, uh, I'm just going to write, I'll use the word sacrifice here if that's all right. Because I, I think willingness, or I, I'm willingness to do that. I'm going to ask a question, Bob. Okay. You may have to answer it, but go could, ahead. Could I, could I less, could, could I reduce my contribution because it's costing me more in gas to drive here? Well, I think only you can answer that, but <laughs> could. Would there be a situation where that yeah, would be an appropriate absolutely. response? That's part of your purposing in your heart and what your living expenses are. And then do I have something over there that I can really give up? Then I have to start making my decision. Do I, do I cut the contribution so I pay that? Or do I give it over here? You know, And I'm, I'm sure both, both uh, thinking patterns... Uh, uh, Will, will plague all of us in one way or another in even different applications than this, Jesse? Well, may, may Troublemaker. Maybe, maybe an answer to that is look at what this congregation did when the request to purchase a new building was asked and the amount of money. So I think there's a healthy perspective on finances. I'm, like I've never seen a body of believers come together that quickly for that amount of money. You know what I mean? So oh, absolutely. Like, I think there's... I think there's not only good perspective, but to, to maybe to John's, to add some perspective to John's question, I, I, I wanted to ask the same thing. I think, um, you know, as you prosper, when, <laughs> when we're in some good times, um, a congregation can give a lot of their needs. And maybe the other side of that is when inflation hits, you know, the contribution is just perspective. Good thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sir. So another reason for excessive spending um, is stupidity and not understanding how how debt works in, in some ways. I mean, I borrowed for law school, and so I was living off of that. I was on campus and, and all of that, but it didn't, you know... The little, the little breakfast thing that I had every morning, the name of which is just like, it won't come to my head. I'll think of it later. If I jump up later, that's what it is. Um, but, you know, now it's like those little rolls, I, the $2 that they were, how much am I spending for each one of them? Or, you know, how much do I owe on that $2 thing? 
however many years later it is. Because, you know, I di didn't, and I mean, I've heard of people doing this whenever they take out student loans, and they go and they buy, they buy a nice car for college with their student loan money, knowing that they can, that it's considered, you know, part of their living expense. And then, you know, things don't go as planned, and instead of having <coughs> 20000 of debt, they got 90000 of debt. Well, I don't know. That might have been a financial and wise move for me because mine was only like one and a half to 2%. Yeah, see, and yeah. so knowing how money works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it could be, but it could also be, you know, something that, yeah, and I remember taking out a loan and not realizing it was a loan and thinking it was a grant, and then they're like going, you got to pay this back, and I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. Well, it, it seems like a small enough insignificant thing when, we when we're actually ignorant about things like that. And, and then come it was to a find scone. out, it's there a, we go. it ends up being a, a scone. <laughs> it was a scone. Okay. It was a very good scone. I have to, but very expensive scone, as it turns out. Very right. expensive. Yeah. I would add to that too. I mean, there is some, there's some validity to that because we have a very well-known phrase, predatory lending, right? Like, and the truth in lending disclosure because they are looking or counting on people not understanding oh absolutely they put money on a credit card they have to pay a significant amount but i will ask you i will ask you if i sign that predatory loan am i liable for it amen amen stewardship <laughs> stewardship Read the fine print. So First of all, along with ignorance would be seeking counsel. Yeah, that's very. Good. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, <laughs> or not seeking counsel. Yeah, not seeking counsel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh. Nikki and then Isolde got got a hand behind you, Isolde, <laughs> than than you. Sometimes it's just a lack of discipline. Like you, absolutely. Yeah. Just the wind's blowing me this way today, you know. That's uh, very. That's very good. Excellent, Isolde. Uh, kind of goes with yours, uh, but emotional spending. Yeah. You know, we think we have to. I have to spend to feel better. To feel better. Which yes. It's kind of a makes me happy for something else. Having a down day, I think I'll go over here and do this. Me that too. always makes me happy, you know, even though I have to shuck out some dollars or swipe the credit card or whatever the case may be and then there it is on your account until you deal with it Robert. not ca taking care of small problems when they're affordable and wait until they become big problems you see that spot on your ceiling and four years later your roof deck's gone your just neglect and yeah your yeah and indifference and neglect yeah yeah this list can be very very long and uh, some of those things will also cross over into other columns. Let's let's move on because wow, this we could probably talk about half this lesson through the whole lesson. Um, I may want to jump into <clears throat> let's let's go ahead and think about let's look at uh, financial bondage. What are some symptoms of that? Let's go quick, quickly and try to list some things, maybe not talk quite so much about them. Uh, and uh, 
somebody give me a symptom. Ask yourself, am I in financial bondage? Do I know someone in financial bondage? What's that look like right in the moment? What's a symptom? Having to check your bank balance before getting groceries, getting a pop, getting gas, just always having to check to see, do I have enough money right now? Not being able to confidently go somewhere and buy something. In like normal, regular something's not... Not yes. Okay, and, and we ask, ask ourselves, I guess that should have been back here, but <laughs> it was a question. How much do I have? Not knowing that means that you're running tight all the time, running really tight all the time. Very could I, good. Could I put with that spending more than you make? Okay. I mean, really, to me, maybe those two go together. Very good. Which means I need to know how much I make. And I need to know Very good. how much I'm spending. Very good. Give me another one, somebody. Just say it. Impulsive. Okay. Impulsive. Now, is that a is that a symptom, or is that a cause? Your debt load is getting higher instead of lower. Instead of paying down debt, you're increasing debt. Okay. I think this is this is this is it is a symptom and it's also <laughs> it's both actually. So debt debt is growing. Let me write one up here. Phone calls from collective collection agency or debtors debtors. People, people that are working for debtors. The payday lender people know you by your first name. Payday, payday, payday loans. Boy, you want to pay some interest. We see a lot of that at the bank, which is why I just, yeah, like, really? This should not be in our vocabulary if we can keep, keep out of trouble. Always having to have more. Need more, need more. Very good. I'd say feelings of jealousy or covetousness towards others. Like you see the okay. success of others, and instead of rejoicing with them, you you want to be them, or you even think badly of them. That could be even envy at that point, right? Yeah. Very good. Very good. What else? There's lots as older. Fear and anxiety. Absolutely. How about this idea of depression as the world defines it today? Hopeless. Hopeless. Hopelessness or hopeless. Another one, and it's kind of kind of weird, I guess. It may be an end result. Um, literal, literal hunger, or literally not having enough to eat. Uh, I guess that's more of a result, but yeah. having that as a what happens? Yeah. You don't have the money, and you've used up all of your speedway points. Yeah. So. 
lack, wants, just so, so, so many things. We can even write here, no savings account. You don't have a savings account unless you're putting it in the, stuffing it in the sock, in your sock drawer. I guess that's a savings account, but it's just an indicator. It's just a symptom or an indicator. I don't have a savings account because I'm not putting any money in there. Or I'm going to spend all of it. Okay, let's let's jump over here very quickly. Page two, Bob. <coughs> and think very, just really quick. End results. I mean, <coughs> we work through all this, and it's left unaddressed. Where does it end up? What happens to your mortgage? Foreclosure. How about your lease? <clears throat> what do they do to you? Eviction. Eviction. Repossession. Repo, right. Of your car or what whatever you have installment loans on. <clears throat> Bankruptcy. Resources to help people. Bankruptcy. Constant worry. Worry. Say it again, Anne. You don't have any resources to help people. No resources? Very good. Suicide. Amen. I, I think most of us know the story of the elder in Bowling Green who took his life because he was successful and his businesses were failing and he couldn't deal with them. What happens in your relationships here? Marriage. Stress. Failure. You can't have serious money trouble and everything just work great between you as a husband and wife if that is the circumstance. You know, if you're individual, you don't have that, that load. But if it's a married couple, it, and it runs through the family, there, there's, it, it cascades down from there. Because when there's problems in the marriage and the relationship, there's problems if, if there's children in the house and in the family. So it just, it, it just uh, gets worse and worse and worse. Another one that comes up sometimes is if you don't have that money that to spend, people will say, hey, you want to go out to lunch? And you got to say, oh, no, no, I've got other plans when your other plan is going home and eating ramen because you really can't afford to go out. And then you have yeah. then to admit that. Yeah. And they say, oh, I'll take care of it. After a while, that also becomes shameful and uncomfortable and then you go hide under your bed for a couple of years and you know, people forget your name and you, know, you go on. Yeah, and <clears throat> absolutely. So, so many, so many things. Um, boy, these classes need a few more minutes in them. Let me just read this to you. This is, this is good. There's more in here, and we could, we could do another 45 minutes on this. Really, we, we could. I think, I, I'll be very frank with you, I think I'm preaching to the choir here. We, we know these things, uh, and, and, and this has touched all of our lives in one way or another, probably, either personally or with people who we know and love. And uh, it is heartbreaking no matter where it hits home. 
uh, wherever it hits you. <coughs> it is, um, and and once people get into this circumstance over here, then help. It, it, it seems that there's probably then there's a, an absolute necessity to either seek counsel or remedy. And sometimes there's not much remedy in this world for people in this circumstance. Yeah, we'll bail you out. There's somebody that's going to come along like Jesse was talking about that will loan you money for 30% interest. And and that's where this world runs to. You know, one of the things about debt in general is is, is stated here. The stigma of debt seems non-existent today. I, I, I love this. And this is not this fresh, okay? This is several years old. The stigma of debt is not uh, is non-existent today. Not so long ago, many Americans regarded debt as a sign that something was morally wrong. Wow. Think about that. Perhaps the availability of credit cards and revolving debt has saved or has salved our consciences consciousness our conscience consciences uh, regarding the sin of covetousness and or our own unwillingness to live within our means. Also, credit has become abstract and anonymous. You take your credit card out and look, there's no person on there. There's no human being there that you know. It's just numbers and you don't even have to get involved. It's, it's, it's emails, texts, accounts, go to this website, pay this, pay that until right at the last, just before they come after you, somebody calls. Say, this is your last chance for debt collection. And it's, it's not like the old days when <clears throat> if you went down to Lindsey Randolph's hardware store and you needed the sump pump for the basement and you didn't have the pump money in your pocket, you say, Lindsey, I don't have the money to pay you. And that, that the $80 pump, Lindsey say, here, I'll write your name on this ticket. Don't let me see your face disappear. He would loan anything to anyone to help them out of a pinch. But he said, "Our relation, this is not going to stop our relationship and you pay me back. But that's gone today. See, that's all been removed from our lives. And we can just go under and, 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 the, and it will all sweep us away without ever being uh, approached by an individual it removes this aspect from being in debt. So, thanks. Good, great, great things to talk about. Didn't cover it very well, but thanks a lot. I appreciate your input. John will send a, a homework out uh, for Wednesday night.